0: Hey guys, just a real quick heads up before this podcast. Uh, first of all, the podcast was recorded before the Sixers win against the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday. And this podcast is entirely about our thoughts on the unfolding Markel Fultz injury saga. That means the podcast was also recorded before news came out that Fultz would be out indefinitely and that he would be reevaluated in three weeks. That being said, it doesn't impact the content of the podcast. Since both Rich and I were skeptical, he would see the court anytime soon anyway. We realize we haven't yet recorded podcasts, on how the team has played, uh, but we didn't want to start talking about the actual on-court performances. You know, 34 minutes into this podcast, so we're going to release we're going to release another podcast in the next few days to cover the on-court performance. With that out of the way, here's today's episode. You're
1: listening to the Sixers Beat with your host Derek Bodner, right here on LibertyBallers.com and LibertyBroadcast dot co.
0: Welcome everybody, I am Derek, I'm joined by Rich Hoffman on this week's Sixers Beat. On today's show we have, I mean let's not kid ourselves, we have to talk about Markel Fultz's shoulder. Before we get to that though, please subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, the TuneIn Radio app, whatever your preference is, you can get those links over at SixersBeat.com. Also please do leave us a rating if you can, particularly a five star rating. That will help us reach more Sixers fans. If you don't like the podcast, also, please do feel free to reach out to us. Give us some constructive feedback. We're open to that as well. But we are vain, and we do like those five stars. But uh, how you doing, Rich?
1: Not too bad, Derek. Better than Mark Fultz's shoulder, for sure. <laughs> Maybe, like, a, a little tired. And, and, yes, I the practice, um, I, I've been talking with our coworkers at the athletic, uh, Bo Wolf and Shil Kapadia, and they're – they are both very big on the practice of uh leaving five star reviews or getting five star reviews and then getting mean or very negative feedback. That's still okay. But the uh it, it was funny, they they got a one star review and got like some decent feedback, which they they, they are just baffled by on their podcast. <laughs> so please if if you're gonna say anything, make it a five star review. We are very vain.
0: Yeah, we are we are very willing to be told why we suck. Just help us get our listener numbers up as well. I think we can accomplish both of those goals. All right, going on to Markel Foltz. And clearly, we haven't done a podcast since – well, we actually – we haven't released a podcast since the Sixers started playing. We did one the other day in the news of Foltz's shoulder. Uh, Fultz's cortisone injection was – well, no. Again, let me back up and correct that again. News that Foltz had fluid drained from his shoulder was released 15 minutes after we stopped recording, so we waited until all the facts came out and recorded a new podcast, which, by the way, it's good that we did because that fluid being drained turned into a cortisone injection. Uh, he missed the game against the Rockets. He'll miss at least the next two games and then be reevaluated on Tuesday. Rich, what in the hell is going on? Like, what in the actual hell is going on?
1: I don't know. How many, I mean, we've been doing this for a few years now. How many podcasts do you think we've had to just trash because the news changed like that? It's probably above five now, right? Well, we
0: we just had it happen like two weeks ago when Embiid got his extension. Yeah. No, I think think we ended up releasing that one, actually. Uh, We released it even though we spent half of the podcast speculating what the extension could be. So that happened, but we still released it. I know when Embiid broke his foot the second time, or required surgery the second time. Let me phrase that correctly. I think we uh, we had a podcast that we scrapped. Yeah. There's probably been like three lot or of, four.
1: A lot of good takes. Just, just didn't make it out in the world, which is too bad. But, yeah, as far as what's going on with Fultz, I I don't know. I, I don't think anybody knows. It doesn't sound like Brett Brown knew. It's, here's what we do know. Because like, like, it was funny. I kind of got mad at a guy on Twitter last night who tweeted at me, like, it's obvious he was lifting and he hurt his shoulder and whatever. Like, forget about the lifting part. To say anything about this is obvious is just ridiculous. Like, what is obvious here is that Markel Fultz has completely lost confidence in his jumper. What is obvious here is that the Sixers, Fultz's trainer – And who's the third party we were talking about last night? His agent. And his agent, who, yeah, who, I mean, I don't know what that guy was doing the other day, (laughs) uh, are basically contradicting themselves and in some cases a a war of words and just basically saying the other parties are lying. It's, It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. And it's like, it kind of made me feel better yesterday about because, like, I, I just have such a hard time even evaluating this because it's, there's so much conflicting information and uh, explanations on, on why this is happening, you, and I don't know.
0: You have all three primary participants, with the exception of Fultz, because when he's not practicing, he's not made available to the media, but you have all three of them talking on the same day. And I'm more confused now than I was at the start. I don't I don't get how that happens.
1: Yeah, and, and now that the Sixers have announced that Fultz is going to miss three games, I, my main question is, like, where do you go from here? I I don't know how three games – I mean, Brett yesterday said he's excited about getting Fultz off the court and letting him work through his I, – I, I don't even know, his, his demons, his – mechanics, whatever it is. Uh, but my, my question is, like, we're four, five games into the season right now. This isn't the time to be doing that. And I, I don't understand how missing like a week or a week and a half will allow him to work through whatever he has to. But I guess we'll, I guess we'll see.
0: Oh, no. So they gave him the cortisone injection on October 5th. And over those 3 weeks now he hasn't yet progressed to the point where he can even attempt a jump shot in game. So what's 5 days off going to do for his shoulder? I don't I don't get what's really going to be accomplished here. You brought up a good point though in conflicting information. And at times seeming like people are fighting against each other. There there were a couple of instances of that here. And first of all going back to his agent um People want to know why this came from an agent. It's, it's pretty clear why this came from an agent, and it's because his client was getting killed in the press and on social media and basically being made, made fun of because of his shooting form. Uh, you have people openly questioning whether he has the yips. Um, read into it, and you can probably come to the conclusion that he felt the team wasn't being forceful enough in saying that there was a, a legitimate injury, and that's the reason for his shot. So, okay, the agent's doing his job and figuring out my client's getting killed, and I have to go out there and control the narrative. Well, buddy, it's also part of your job to get the damn information right. How you can screw that up in the first place, I, I just don't get it. It's just sloppy, and, and quite frankly, it's unacceptable. Uh, it's your job to know your client's treatment history. It's, it's mind-boggling. And fluid being drained and fluid being inserted are two somewhat different things. But moving on, oh, I, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and I, when that report came out, or it's it's even hard to call it a report. I mean, the, it was the agent basically just talking to Woj. Right. I I just thought like right away, like man, this that doesn't explain why, like it, it just didn't mesh with like the Sixers are a pretty cautious medical staff. I I don't think they would be sitting. They certainly wouldn't be like if this guy had. Shoulder. I mean, like, if fluid drained from his shoulder, they wouldn't be like, yeah, you can fight through this or whatever. Like, that just, it, it didn't add up for a yeah. lot of reasons, too. And the fact that, like, his shot was already screwed up before he had that shot, too. So, like, I don't know. It's just, when that explanation came out, again, I, it's, it's hard to know anything for sure, but it did feel like he sort of was trying to cover up for whatever Markel is actually dealing with.
0: Okay, uh, we're going to get into the war of words that's going on here in a bit, but before we do, I want to tell you about this week's sponsor, Greats. Greats is Brooklyn's first sneaker company with an assortment of stylish, versatile, and comfortable sneakers sold at a great price. Greats has a wide selection of men's and women's shoes with styles suitable for any occasion. I myself recently tried out their Prino line, which is hands down, and I mean it's not even close, the most comfortable pair of shoes that I own, and capable of being worn in the many different occasions I have to dress for, from late-night radio shows to press conferences, and everything in between. And because they're so comfortable, they're a pleasure to wear all day long. We've teamed up with Greats to provide listeners of this podcast with a great opportunity. Save 15% on your first order with our offer code, SixersBeat. Go to Greats.com, that's G-R-E-A-T-S, dot com, and be sure to enter SixersBeat to save 15% at checkout. Greats believe so much in their shoes, they offer a no-risk return-and-exchange policy to guarantee that you get the right fit and the style that you love. That's greats.com, and use our code six was beat to save 15%. And now let's head back to the show. All right, now let's get to, because there was a little bit of a war of, war, war of words here, but besides just correcting what the agent said, there's also Markel Fultz's longtime personal trainer, Keith Williams, who made multiple appearances first with USA Today and then 94WIP. So I'm going to play something here from Brett Brown, and then I'm going to play something from Keith Williams reacting to it on 94WIP. All right, so here we go.
2: I don't know. I don't know the specific time frame that, that we realized that. It was clear he wanted to change his shot. We got that. He came back over the summer with that. And, you know, that was just something he was into doing, and we wanted to help promote that. He, he spent a lot of time doing that, and over time we've learned this. Okay, so that was
0: Brett Brown in very clear terms saying that Markell wanted to change his shot that he worked on it, he spent a lot of time working on it, and this was a very deliberate action. Now, as Brett Brown was talking to us and we were tweeting out that information, Markel Fultz's trainer was on WIP. And here is, this is a different clip. So this is basically the host on WIP, Chris Carlin, reading Keith Williams a different quote about Markel trying to change his shot, and then Keith Williams reacting to that.
2: We're talking to Keith Williams, who is the longtime trainer and mentor of Markel Fultz, Brett Brown literally said within the last few minutes, and I quote, there is zero doubt that Markell tried to change his shot. Oh, my God. What's your reaction? That's false. It's not true. That's not true. It all has to do with the fact that he was
0: injured and he was trying to alter it. Yeah. I mean, what?
1: (laughs) I mean, that, that was the first I was hearing of that audio. Uh, I did see it on Twitter. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say, man. That's a just shit show.
0: <laughs> okay, so Brett Brown, he has been adamant that Markel Fultz tried to change his shot. We go back. I think it was the third day of training camp that we all started talking about it. Or I think he, we actually saw it during the second day, but we didn't get a chance to ask Brett until the following day. And that was one of the first things we brought up. What in the world is going on with Markel Fultz's shot? And he said in no uncertain terms, look, Markel made some changes over the offseason. We didn't sanction it. We have to get him back. No mention of the shoulder. Two days later at the scrimmage, Markel again was shooting in a way that doesn't look like a normal basketball player shoots. We bring it up again. Oh, we have to get Markel back to where he was. Once again, no mention of the shoulder. Now you have it here three weeks later, and after they do now know that there is some shoulder soreness. And Brett is still very direct in saying that Markel Fultz deliberately changed his shot over the summer. And, yeah, there might be some shoulder soreness, too, but it doesn't seem like for Brett that's that's an either-or situation. He seems very clear that Markel made changes. So you have Fultz's trainer saying, well, you know, he changed his shot because he was sore, and Brett saying, no, that's not the case. This is amazing. This is amazing. Even if... I mean, truthfully, at this point, I don't know why the Sixers don't just go, okay, it's the shoulder. Let's move on from this and cover for the kid. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they're even sticking to it at this point, but Brett's been very consistent in saying that he changed his shot and they have to get it back.
1: And and looking at Keith Williams, this has bothered me. I I didn't hear the rest of his um, hit with uh, Chris Carlin and Ike Reese, but, like, the argument that his shoulder was hurt and now it's completely his shot is completely messed up because he was adjusting to his shoulder being hurt it, and this was done sometime in August or early September is not a good explanation like that that's not a, that's not what a normal basketball player does somebody who is, shoots the ball very well and mark L Fultz shoots the ball at a level that makes him the first freaking pick in the NBA draft. That shot has taken him a long ways. To have that shoulder injured to the point where he can't shoot like that in the summer and then continue to work through it and try to shoot a different way, I'm sorry, that's not what a normal person does. This is not baseball where you're working on another pitch. You have your shooting motion. So, even if that's the case, if you're Keith Williams and you're overseeing Fultz the whole summer and his workouts, and you're seeing him change up the sh- his shot, like, you have a lot, lot of blood on your hands, man. Like, this is ridiculous how it got to this point. The second you saw him changing his shot, he needs to be shut down. Yeah, And that's whether it's in the season or. Or especially when it's in the summer when nothing really matters. Like, i that's the thing that's mind-blowing to me. Like, the idea that everybody accepts, oh, well, he was hurt, and that's why he completely changed his shot. That's not a good answer. Right. Here, here Here's what, well, first of all,
0: right when that came out, a lot of people came to me and were like, oh, did you see how confident Keith Williams sounded? Why would he lie? Why would he lie? It's, it's pretty obvious. He doesn't want to be a trainer who screwed up the number one pick in the draft shot. Like, that's a very obvious reason. I'm not saying he's doing that, but there is is motivation, you know, for him to fudge the truth if he did work with him to change his shot. And like you said, okay, if you're looking for an explanation on why Markel Fultz may have not told, because, first of all, Brian Clangelo and Brett Brown, Clangelo said it during a press conference. He said he told them of the shoulder soreness after training camp started. And then I asked Brett Brown on the side, and I said, look, When you first noticed a change in his shot, did he mention anything about a sore shoulder? And he said no. So the team knew about a drastically altered jump shot before they knew about any pain he was feeling in the shoulder. So yeah, the best case scenario from Fultz's perspective is it started hurting sometime in late August or early September. Brian Colangelo speculated that he changed his shot in August which if he did that, it means he was playing for a, a month, a month and a half with a different shot and a sore shoulder without telling anyone about it. And then there's only one real explanation for a player not to tell the team and to play through it, and that might be, you know, that would be because he's worried if he tells the team they're going to sit him down and he's instead going to not, play, not tell them he's going to play through it. And that might be an explanation, that might be a reason, but that is not a valid justification.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's just the the whole thing is baffling. And, like, look, I I don't want to be completely calling out Keith Williams because I I really don't know how much much oversight he has over Fultz. I know Fultz said on media day that he went back to Seattle and and hung out with some, some of his college friends and maybe he worked out there. Obviously, he hurt his ankle over the summer. I don't know how much that played into his shooting form. But, like... It's just, whatever the explanation is, the Sixers and him need to get on the same page. And I I will say, like, sitting him out is a good start because I I couldn't watch him. I mean, I'm speaking for myself personally. I couldn't watch him play in that state any longer. But really what I mean by that is it was doing him no – it wasn't doing anybody any good to run him out refusing to shoot jumpers because – I mean, the Sixers' two goals are, you know, Brown's trying to walk the, the fine line of developing his young players, and Fultz falls into that category and trying to make the playoffs. And, I mean, he certainly was killing the idea of making the playoffs because he was the Sixers' worst player. Like, he, you know, for whatever good things he did on the floor, and I see that mentioned a lot, like, oh, his uh, his spin move looks good, and he's he's trying hard defensively and whatever, like, and and those things are true, but with the lack of confidence and refusal to shoot a jumper, he was such a net negative that, I mean, he was killing the Sixers. He, he, and, was, he and, was
0: flashing potential. He wasn't helping the team win.
1: Yeah, and, and just to finish up there, he wasn't helping himself because, like, for Fultz to develop, he needs to have that jumper, like... For Fultz to develop, like, he needs to run a pick and roll with MB and, and have somebody go onto the screen and him pop a jumper. And then the next pe- possession, they go over the screen and then he there's in the lane. Like, that's how he's going to get better. And yep. with him totally unable to even, I mean, his refusal to look at the basket outside of 10 feet, really nothing was getting accomplished on that front either.
0: Yeah, I mean, you and I had a better chance of taking an a three pointer than he had over the first part of the season. And I suck. <laughs> I suck.
1: I, I could bomb him, but, you but know what? Yeah, I'm,
0: I I'm okay from the high school and the college line, that extra three feet or so it destroys me. It destroys me.
1: I, I got some range, but I, I, I can tell I can tell you that, that I'm certainly not afraid to shoot it in, in a way <laughs> that he is right now.
0: So Yeah, and I mean to be fair, going back to Keith Williams, you know, I wrote this in my article earlier this week on the athletic, which go check it out. It'll probably take you longer to read that than it will to listen to this podcast. It's it's not the shortest article I've ever written. Uh, but then again, there have been so many different twists and turns, it was never going to be short. But I mentioned this in the article, one of the explanations that could could be out there for Keith Williams um, and where it could, you know, and he could be completely truthful, it's like you said, Fultz could have changed this on his own, maybe spent enough time away, and, and maybe he thought he was just making a micro-adjustment, and now he doesn't have confidence. Uh, if you go back, if you, if you have to ask me, and this is a combination of speculation and talking to people and just reading tea leaves, You know, I think at one point he probably made some adjustments, whether that's to try to extend it out to the NBA three-point line or whether that's to get it off quicker or maybe a higher release to get it over the faster and bigger defenders, whatever it is. But he probably made a small adjustment, never really got fully confident in it, had some shoulder soreness, and it led to a form that now looks nothing like his form at Washington, nothing like the form Keith Williams was looking at a month and a half, two months ago. You know, that to me is the only way I can kind of piece all this together and make any real sense without just flat out calling somebody a liar. You know, but I do think there is something going on where both of those truths can exist in the same universe.
1: And I know because people are going to kill us about this uh, if we don't mention it. His form was definitely a little bit different in Summer League. It was. Uh, It was.
0: I, I read an article from Kevin Pelton and Mike Schmitz on ESPN talking about this. Uh, it was different. And Schmitz even said that people in his draft workouts, which I assume has to be Boston. I don't, I don't think he worked out for any other team. But they were noticing a slight change in his form even back then. You know, but who knows what's going on because nobody actually wants to tell the truth.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, you know, his form in summer league, I, it, it was a little weird. It was a little further out in front of his face. But, like, it was still pretty damn successful. Um, he certainly wasn't afraid to shoot step back as you pull up Jimbo's and everything. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just a hard thing to get a handle on. Like I, I know, you know, we've kind of hit on this from mo- most of the angles I would imagine. So I, I, I guess the, the, and the important question is like, where do they go from he- here? I don't, I don't even know. Like we, I mean, we, the question was asked is three games really enough. And, and like, if, you were going to ask me, and I'm sure you'd say the same thing. My answer would be, like, no, not even close. Yeah. Nope. So, I mean, like, could this end up being a lost season for Fultz? Because, I, like, you know, our general thought on this is, like, look, this is something that's going to take an off season to get a handle on. Can you can you fit an off season's worth of work into a couple of weeks or, or maybe, you know, a month or something? Like that, I, I don't know, but it, the, the idea of Fultz coming back and having that jumper, like even in say like mid December, it, it just seems far fetched to me.
0: Yeah, I'm at the I'm at the same spot, which makes me sad. Um, all right, let's move on to another comment. This one from Colangelo, and this one kind of uh, it, it was it was not well received, and I want to get your thoughts on it.
2: You know, there's been a lot of talk, you know, why did they change the shot in the first place? Uh, There was never a concerted effort on the part of the organization to change the shot. Um, You probably saw, you know, at the summer league, you know, everything was kind of moving along great. And uh, he was scoring and sprained his ankle. Uh, I don't think that affects your shot mechanics. But, um, you know, we spent some time with him throughout the summer, uh, but sometime during the month of, August, I think, uh, you know, he might have worked on a shot a little bit, could even be the cause of the irritation and inflammation in the shoulder, just new, new mechanics, new shooting mechanics uh, sometimes put your uh, you know, shoulder in a different position.
0: Okay, first of all, I love the tick, not tick, but Colangelo has certain things that he does when he's annoyed, and that kind of sarcasm right there is, is certainly one of, them. I don't think the ankle causes is shot to change. All right, thanks for the real useful information there, buddy. But beyond that, the implication that changing his mechanics is the cause of his current injury, that blew my mind.
1: Yeah. Wait, and, and speaking of useful information, uh, how about Colangelo when being grilled about the uh, the med- medical reports not being
0: oh, yeah
1: disseminated like, in a timely manner or and him bringing up well, I got my ankle worked on last week and and I didn't really send that out well, Brian, you don't play for the team, so like nobody really gives a shit about what your medical status is unless you're like actually unable to do your job like not it, not a sprained ankle or whatever it was
0: here's a here's a press release for the interest of full transparency and disclosure. I have a a sore elbow. I'm pretty sure it's bursitis. It is, though, on my non-spacebar arm, so I'll be fine.
1: (laughs) I like it. Come on, man. Uh, Yeah, and as far as him saying that, like, it's pretty clear. I mean, Colenzel and Brown are talking a little bit differently about it, but in general, like, the Sixers have a similar, like, explanation. They think that whatever pain that Fultz is dealing with – One, it's not as significant as Fultz's agent made it out to be. And two, they they think that he independently changed his shot. And that, that is the cause of everything sort of going haywire here. And, I mean, I, like, again, like, this is just complete speculation and just trying to wade through all of the BS and conflicting reports. Like, if you, gun to my head, if you ask me what happened, like, I think they're probably the closest to the truth. But like, that doesn't really matter anymore. Like they got to get this guy back on track and they need this guy on the same page as them. So I I don't think Colangelo's comments really helped in that regard.
0: Oh, and just the thought of him throwing his 19 year old rookie under the bus like that, like, Hey buddy, by changing your shot, might be the reason that your, your shoulder hurts. What is the point of that? Like, first of all, we like, that sounds really far-fetched to me. I'm not a doctor, but that would surprise me if just changing his shooting motion causes kind of long-term pain. But even if it did, and even if you had really good information and intel that it, it, it's likely to be a cause, and, you know, even just to speculate that, Colangelo better have some pretty good intel that it's a contributing factor, what benefit do you have by making that known to the public? Like, protect your player just a little bit. Don't piss him. And I realize you got three years until he's a restricted free agent and all that. Don't piss him off now. It's just very surprising why that was even brought up. And, like, like people pointed out, rightfully so, he only speculated. But speculation by somebody in a position of power can cause harm, and that was really strange. It was really strange.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine he was really pissed off about that agent.
0: Yes. Oh, for sure. For
1: going, sure. To, going to Woj and, and then hopping on a plane. <laughs> uh... Yeah, But I, by the same I,
0: token, you have to imagine that agent was really pissed off that they didn't handle the injury in a way that you would have expected.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's th- th- That's the whole strange thing to me. Like, I even – I'm just really surprised at the six years. Like, and look, everybody had the medical jokes over, over the past couple of days. And, like, look, rightfully so. Like, if you want to get those jokes off, that's absolutely fine. Like, they're funny, and guess what? Like – it, it, even if I don't think they're they're necessarily- they necessarily completely fit here. Like, look, the Sixers have enough equity in that department where you can make <laughs> right. those jokes. That's absolutely fine. Um, it, the medical handling of this is is really interesting because, like, unless like Markell was like, "I want to play," like, I, I'm just surprised that Which, the Sixers. Didn't by the way, get-
0: in that interview, and I I played kind of the part where Keith Williams was upset at the Sixers. The rest of that interview, he was really glowing in how the Sixers have handled this and his interactions with the Sixers' staff. And he does go on to say, like, look, Markell really wanted to play, so they gave him the shot to do so.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, but it's just hard. Like, I I asked Brett last week. This was, uh, I guess this was last Friday. It was before the Celtics game. I asked him, hey, was if his shoulder is contributing to the shot, if that's what the explanation is. Um. Has, has there has there been any idea of sitting him down? And Brett was like, "No." And then for Brett to turn around last night and be like, "Wow, very happy to have him sit out now." Like, it's just it's just the weirdest thing ever. I, I don't I don't really know like <laughs> how to get a handle on it. Like, it's yeah, it, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, Colangelo. Throwing Markell under the bus. I don't think that was like the the wisest move in the world. Even if it it might not be. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm not even making any sense
0: anymore. <laughs> right. One more one more clip. This one from Clangel. Now I, I kind of wish I had the one from um the one from Keith Williams about about Markell tr- talking his way into it. But go check out my story on the athletic. dot com. I link to the link to the interview uh, and then listen to that. It's about twelve or thirteen minutes long. But one more on throwing his player under the bus.
1: Mm-hmm. What's the process there? Is it normal for a player to just do that on his own without the team, or because he's a rookie, does that change things? Or how would you describe that whole transformation for a player?
2: It's generally not normal for uh, a guy to average twenty-four points a game in college and uh, shoot over forty percent from three, and then change mechanics. Um, he wasn't a great free throw shooter, and uh, perhaps you know he thought you know with with the help of uh, a coach, a mentor, whoever, uh, you know, brought him to that conclusion that he wanted to change things.
1: That sounded like a shot
2: at Mr. Williams.
0: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, look, first of all, I didn't play that because Colangelo said changing the shot isn't normal. Like, we know it's not normal. But I played that for the nervous laugh, which I got a chuckle from, but also from the sheer fact that if Colangelo isn't firm in his belief that they've changed this, he doesn't even bring that up. Like there's no way he answers that question in that way if he's not confident, and I think you can read into that uh that they're they're really confident that Fultz went out, tweaked it on his own in the off season, and they're kind of dealing with some of the blowback because of it,
1: yeah, I mean, like just looking at this thing from from a big picture standpoint, like does this happen to any other team but the sixers <laughs> like i mean you know with with all the crap that happened so far. And Bead's first surgery not going as planned. Simmons stepping on Sean Long's foot. There are various mishandling of situations.
0: Like, various? Like, every one that happened last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, but, like, on the other hand, like, I mean, I, I get it. Like, they haven't handled it well, but, like, does this happen to any other team? Like, what, like, what team drafts? A star scorer, and right away the score comes into the NBA. It's like, yeah, I can't score anymore. It's just not not what I'm doing. Like this doesn't happen to anybody else. And I mean, as Colangelo said, like a guy who scores 24 points per game, like that, that doesn't happen. I I should be able to say that. You should you shouldn't say that publicly, Brian. Yeah. But but I do understand, like there has to be some frustration. Like, can we just have, like, one smooth rookie year for somebody? Because it doesn't seem like it's possible around here.
0: Meanwhile, we have Embiid dropping 20, 10, two and a half assists, a steal in a block and a half a game while shooting 51% from the field. Ben is dropping triple doubles. They took a top-five team in the NBA, granted missing one of their two main players, but still a top-five team in the NBA, down to the wire in a game they should have won. And we're talking about a he said she said about a shoulder injury and a funky jump shot.
1: Yeah, it's it's a shame. I mean, it, Ben and Joel are gigantic national stories, both of them. Like they're on PTI and, and all these different national shows, but around here, like, I mean, this story is so strange, and it's just it's so it's so confusing that this all people want to talk about, and I get it. I mean, it's it's what I want to mostly talk about, but yeah, that's really,
0: I mean, that's really a big part of it too. It's just so strange. It's so strange.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the continuing discussion is because people don't understand what's going on, and frankly, I'm listening to most of the people involved in the story. I'm not sure they know what's going on either.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, all right, rather than start talking about actual basketball, 33 minutes in the podcast, we're gonna cut this one off here. We'll do another podcast within the next couple of days to kind of get you caught up with what has been going on on the basketball court. But thanks, much for jumping on, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: See you there. You've been listening to the Sixers Beat right here on LibertyBowlers.com and LibertyBroadcast.co.
2: Bye.